was cold out there. It was wet, too. I sat out there and watched what was going on, and uh, I'm like, it is wet, wet, wet. Uh, hang on a second. I gotta get, let me get to my page here. Take your Bibles. Go to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians. We got a lot of people that's uh, sick tonight. They called and said they were not feeling good. and It's a blessing. I'll just let you know. Some don't know what it is. Uh, a couple may have COVID. The, the uh, Barlesses, I think Robin had, uh, she tested positive. So she stayed home, which is a blessing. Don't want don't to pass it to too many people. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Paul Paul is sitting here, and, and really it's a great book to read. Uh, first and second Thessalonians is probably the greatest, one of some of the greatest books. I had a, a young man come up to me the other day, and he, he said he thinks he's called to preach. And uh, I think we're all called to preach. The more you get involved in this thing, what you'll do is you'll find yourself uh, preaching more and more all the time. And you've got to get to the place in your life where you realize that that is your main purpose. And it's not this world. This world will pull you down quick and, and throw you off to the side. Uh, and it'll, it'll also make you start going and do things. We recently had a problem here, but it'll make you do things that you normally wouldn't do. And, and you can look at somebody. Now, uh, I told the, the gentleman a while back, I said, look, I can tell. I said, and you're not going to understand this, and most people won't. Uh, I, I know this. I had instructors in school that understood electronics, and I didn't. And they said, Mike, you've got to stick into this thing long enough till you get to the place where you understand. I had to get to the place where I trusted them. And I said, okay, I know that you're already there and you know that this stuff works and you know how it works. I don't understand the theory behind it and the concepts and everything else, but if I hang in there long enough, one day it'll click. I can remember the day it clicked in Norfolk, Virginia, out of Chesapeake at that satellite station. It went boom. And I'm like, that's it. Well, that's exactly what those instructors are telling me. Paul says, be ye followers of me as I am of Christ. And sometimes you have to get behind somebody and say, look, is, is he doing right? And, and here I'm going to get into a couple things, and it really, it all boils down to, I couldn't even say it enough in your life, in my life, it's relationship. Your relationship with Jesus Christ will determine what you do in your life. And I can look at somebody in about two minutes, and I can tell which way they're headed by the way they talk. I can tell you what kind of relationship they have with Jesus Christ. You say, oh, you're, I've had people say, oh, you're an arrogant pig. You're a, you're a man, man praiser. You praise men. No, I don't praise men. I know my book. I don't need to praise men. I read a book. I know what the book says. And we got this false, false understanding of what we think serving God is. Uh, serving God is, is, well, let me get into this. First, first Thessalonians. Man, I ought to put my mic on. This thing drives me crazy. It's about time you move up, you backslider. <laughs> Going back further and further. I see how you are. I That's good. <laughs> started, man. Started already. It's great. We are back flooded back there. Get, I got the air conditioner in. It works. Uh, heater works. Uh, so we, I got... 99% of it done. I still got some of it I got to do. Uh, but, but as soon as we did that, then it floods. I'm like, does it ever quit? First Thessalonians chapter uh, 1, verse 1. Paul and Silvanius uh, and Timotheus unto the church of the Thessalonians, which is uh, in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks always to God always. For, for you all, making mention of you all, uh, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing uh, your work of faith, labor of love, and patience of hope in, in the Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God and our Father, knowing, brethren, a beloved and uh, your election of God, for, you, for our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost. And in much assurance, as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sakes. And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. So that ye were examples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. Father, thank you again for letting us come to church tonight. Thank you for the rain. Uh, Lord, just thank you for all that, uh, that's happened uh, recently in, in the in the past. Thank you for the, the good camp we had, Lord, and the good report. A lot of people around the country have called and asked about it, and uh, they're excited about uh, the, the amount of kids that came and the people came, and 
and the responses that the, the children had. And then some people got called and feel like they got called uh, to preach, Lord. And it's just a blessing, Lord, that uh, it has still, there's still a place in this world that people can go and get, get something, Lord. And, and that, that little thing, just although it may be a little thing in somebody's eyes, but it still encourages people everywhere when they, uh, they know it's there. Uh, Lord, it's a tool in their bag, too. If they wanted to send somebody to camp, it's just a blessing. Thank you for our little church. Thank you for everybody that made it out tonight, even in the rainstorm. Uh, Lord, I didn't think anybody was going to come out tonight, but here we got, we got a, a good crowd here tonight, Lord. So I just pray you bless the message. And Father, again, thank you for your many blessings, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Just to let you know, me and Beth are probably looking at going on a vacation in early September for about a week and a half. Uh, I got to take her somewhere. She's about ready to go crazy. If I don't do that, she's going to go blitzo on me. Paul, he starts here in this chapter, and, and Paul is going to start talking about some characteristics, some character. You know what you need? You need some Christian character. Uh, what's wrong with us today is we got this, uh, this wrong idea about what Christianity is. And, uh, and I've tried to work some things out with people, and they just don't get it. Uh, and they think what they're doing is they're, they're comparing, trying to compare worldly things to spiritual things, and they, the two don't ever line up, never will line up. So if you're having problems in your life, I'm going to tell you where the problem usually is. It's that you're either a carnal Christian or you're, you're living a carnal life and trying to get a spiritual aspect to your carnal life, and that will never work. Uh, it just won't work. I wish it would. Well, I don't wish it would. Uh, it, it can't work. What our churches out there doing today is they're saying, hey, let's drop the standards in our churches. I have been called a man worshiper. Why? Because I believe a book. I, yeah, I am a man worshiper. I worship Jesus Christ. Uh, I, I have a, and I like people who like Jesus Christ. I like people who worship Jesus Christ. And if you worship Jesus Christ, guess what? You know what I know? I know that you're following a path out here somewhere uh, I, I keep talking about a book called Pilgrim's Progress. I can't even talk about that book enough. Uh, if you want, read that book, Pilgrim starts walking down through there, and he's walking by himself. Then he gets saved, and they change his name to Christian. And as he's walking, Faithful comes in. Well, guess what? Faithful has been walking with the Lord Jesus Christ also. And just because he walks in, he isn't a, a, a Christian a worshiper. The two walk together. Can two walk together except they be in agreement? Can they do it? No. They agree. Down the road somewhere, faithful gets killed, hopeful comes in, and they start walking down the road. Uh, you got to get to the place where, where your friends are Christian friends. Uh, and the other people go to the wayside. Not that you'd reject them and let them go, but naturally, naturally, if you're going to be a Christian, you're going to walk a Christian walk. You're going to have to. Paul is sitting here. He's talking about his friends. He says, Paul, Silvanus, and Timotheus under the church of Thessalonians. He's, he, th he's saying, hey, church, I'm going to tell you some things. I want you to see some things about yourself. I want you to see some things about Jesus Christ and what the ministry actually is. Everybody thinks, I, I, I've been doing this thing for 43 years. Everybody wants a ministry. They think a ministry is a big church. The ministry is not a big church. That is nothing to, if you get a big church, praise God, hallelujah. That is not the ministry. The ministry isn't supporting thousands of missionaries. That is not the ministry. Ministry isn't supporting 10 ministry, missionaries. That is not the ministry. The ministry isn't how much you give to church. That is not the ministry. The ministry is people and helping people. And if you can't help people, then the ministry, you're, you're not fit for the ministry. It's not arrogance, it's not pride, it's not look at me and I'm in charge. No, that has nothing to do with it. It has to do with the ministry. Uh, what do you know, uh, God's word, oh man, I, I don't know what I'm doing on that page. Uh, I should flip a page here, I think. There we go. I think I'm getting close now. That's what happens when I write stuff out. To have the Christian life requires that we do things that Christians do. They were first called Christians at Antioch. Uh, that, that's, people looked down at Antioch and said, hey, here's a group of Christians, and they're sitting here at Antioch. And, and, they're, and what everybody wants to do is they want to tie their stuff to Antioch, except Rome. Rome's the only honest group out there. Rome goes to Rome and, they, and Alexandria, and the manuscripts all come from there. Our manuscripts for our Bible come from Antioch. That's where the Christians were first called Antioch. You say, why are you a King James Bible believer? Well, because our Bible starts in the right place. Uh, Antioch, that's where the Christians were. Uh, this book is loaded, it's loaded with doctrine. It tells you about, now there's not a lot of Old Testament stuff in this book. I'll grant you that. There's not a lot of Old Testament stuff. But if for a Christian, this thing tells you about, I tell you what, what you want to know is you're saved. Uh, you want to know, I, I still talk to my mom. I was over talking to her today. 
and she's watching some stupid Catholic program on the, on the TV, and some nun is sitting there. She looks like she's dead. I mean, it looks like they just stuck her up there, and her mouth is moving. And, and she's got her little habit on. I don't know why they call it a habit. Maybe it's a habit she puts it on every day. It, makes, it takes a habit to get it on every day. And, it, and maybe they said after 30 days, if you continue the same thing, it becomes a habit. I have no idea. It's crazy. Uh, but, but anyways, I mean, she's sitting there saying absolutely nothing at all. And there's this young guy. They, they pan to the crowd every now and then. This young guy's going, I'm like, what could he possibly be happy about? Uh, she's not telling you about salvation. She's not telling you about how to get to heaven. She's not telling She's telling you dogma, Catholic dogma. And here's my mom saying, well, I'm afraid to go down there. I'm afraid to go down there. I want to go up there. I'm afraid to go down there. I've trusted Jesus Christ. I confess all my sins. I confess every sin. I confess all everybody's sins. I confess all the time. What it is is she has a zero relationship with Jesus Christ. She could be saved. I'm not saying she's not saved. Zero relationship. So, that, so, so she's missing something that I'm going to talk about here in just a second. Down in verse 3, it says, remembering without ceasing your work of faith. Now, he's talking to the church, and he's saying, church, I want you to know that you have been on my side or been on my back. You've been, you had my back. You've taken care of me. And he goes, I'm letting you know that he goes, remembering your, without ceasing your work of faith. Your faith, uh, James said, show me your faith without works, and I'll show you mine with it. What you do for Jesus Christ matters. And people are watching. Go over to verse 8. So that they which are, so that ye were in samples to all that believe in Macedonia and Archaea. You know what you're supposed to be as an example. You're, when you go to work every day, you're supposed to be an example. When you go anywhere you go, if you walk into a, I mean, I walked into a, a Walmart one day. And I didn't know, I didn't know, I mean, there's three or four or five lines, everybody going down through there and, and uh, I'm, I walk by these ma- the magazine racks because they're all there along the way. And it's just all smut, man. And I'm, so I'm looking up at the sky over this way, over that way. And there's some people, they dress really funny in Walmart. So I keep my eyes up in the sky and doing all this other stuff and, and try to keep my eyes off everything, get up to the cash register, I buy what I want to go do, and I walk on out. And lo and behold, two people behind me was a girl I worked with. And she was watching me do that. <laughs> and we got back to work. She said, I thought she was going to break your neck. I said, why? It was Polly. I said, she said, why? I said, I said, well, I couldn't look at nothing. She goes, I know. I know exactly what you were not looking at. You're, you know what people look at? They look at what you do on a daily basis. And now if you want power with God, I'm going to get that just a second here. But it's, it's not just knowing the Bible. The Bible is a great thing to know. Don't get me wrong. You can't get it without this. But you got to know it. He says, remembering without ceasing. Paul never stops thanking people. I thank you guys all the time. This church would not be here if it wasn't for uh, this church, the people. Uh, Jerry said, hey, we got some money in the bank now. And uh, I, was, I wasn't shocked about the amount of money he said we had in the bank. But we got enough in the bank that if I wanted to put that building on the back, I got enough in that bank, not I, you, us. We have enough in the bank that we could go to a bank and say, hey, look, we now have... Uh, the funds, we have a, a solid bank, we have a solid church, we have people that come, they tithe, they give, we got X amount of dollars in the bank, give me a loan, and they'd give me a loan in five minutes to put that building on the back of this church. We didn't have that originally. You know what that was? as people being faithful over the years. And it's taken us about 15, 17 years to get here. And here we are, and I, I, you never, I, I thank God for people who love Jesus Christ. We're all at different levels. Don't ever think that I think you should be, uh, I'm going to get into some preaching stuff tonight about preachers. But don't think I think every one of you should be a preacher. You shouldn't be. Some of you need to learn how to work. You know what working does? Working and raising a family is the next generation. Uh, we do a camp up there. Why? Because there's a bunch of kids come up there. We went up there and redid a building. And uh, they told me up there, and I told you all this before, but they told me up there, uh, four guys went up there, and in, in three hours from the time, now it took us more time to get up there, four hours to get up, four hours back, about an hour to get all the stuff at Home Depot. But the moment we got on site, it took us three hours to put a line in, a, a power from a 165-foot underground, covered back up, hooked both ends, power on the building, took us three hours to do it, and they thought about it for seven years and was still thinking. They'd still be thinking about it. If we didn't go up there, the guy even told me, he goes, look, he goes, uh, he goes, we thought, we thought about that for seven years. You do it in three hours. I'm like, yeah, I got some good people. I got some people that's willing to drive 
four hours because they see a per well, you only put 25 kids in it. Hey, 25 kids to me is important. You put 24, 23, 24 more kids in a camp, and then you get them the Word of God, you never know what those kids are going to do that. Parents, you know what your number one job is? Raise kids. If you got kids in your family, the number one job is to raise the kids. Because you don't know what those kids are going to do down the road. You say, well, mine's messed up. You don't know what's going to happen. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old. You never know what's going to happen to that kid. you got to get out there somewhere, and all of a sudden they're going to start thinking, hmm. I know a guy who, who told me he was trying to run from God. He kept running, went into a bar, uh, into a, he was going to get some, he came to church here a couple times uh, before this happened to him. And he, he, said, I, he said, on the way home, he said, I'm going to go get me some beer. So he goes into a place and, and uh, the beer coolers tore out. And he goes, what is up with that, man? And he went somewhere else and, and something was wrong with something and he couldn't get beer there either. And he said, he said, he knew right then and there, he said, God was trying to tell me no. Uh, he said, I should have been in church. He was driving his car away from church, far, far away. And the engine blew up. He goes, the moment it blew up, he goes, I knew exactly why it blew up. Now, see, I'm not going to tell you if you go and something bad happens to you, it's because you're out of God's will. But you know, chances are that you will know that. You will know that you should not have been there. Paul's sitting here, he says, remembering without ceasing your work of faith. I thank God for those three men that went up there with me to do that. I think it was three or four or something like that. We went up there and knocked that thing out so fast, it, it just, it, it made my head spin. Uh, did you, you, oh, your brother went. I think, uh, I think your brother went. So that's the fifth one. There was five. Uh, so we went up there and, and knocked that thing out. You say, what is it? You thank people for doing stuff for you. Never forget that, bro. The ministry isn't me. This church would not be here without you guys. This is the ministry. And what we do each, you hear me belly aching about putting an air conditioner in and putting this in, putting that in, doing this, doing that. That's part of the ministry. You know what that does? That serves you. It serves people coming in. Uh, thank God we had some squeegees. We just got flooded in the back and with squeegees and mop helped get all the water out of the building. You say, whoa, well, well, you know, four, I come in, there's four or five people back there sweeping water out of the building. You say, what is that? The, the ministry is people. You know what they did? That? You know why they did that? So people could come in and go to church. That's the purpose of the thing. We missed the whole thing. Uh, you get some perfect examples. Uh, work, work of faith and labor of love. Everything you do should be out of love. You should not do it if you don't love what you're doing. And I'm telling you, brother, sometimes we miss that whole thing. Uh, I had five kids. I spent, uh, I, I thought, I thought, and the Lord had showed me some things out on ships, but I thought that I was wasting my life just focused down here and I should be this missionary and all that. Lord never opened the door for all that. And I just kept saying, okay, I'll just do what's in front of me today. I'll do what's in front of me today. I'll do what's in front of me today. And this is what's turned out. You know what the ministry is? Is doing today what God wants you to do today. The question is, is do I know what he, that's relationship. If I know exactly what he wants me to do today, guess what? I'll do today what I'm supposed to do. If I'm sitting there trying to think, well, if I go out and do this and this and this, that's me. That's all flesh. Because there's no guarantee what you have. You have no idea what tomorrow holds. You have no idea. I don't know what tonight holds. I could die on the way home. Man, I tell you what, if I don't got two more weeks, y'all pray for me. I got two weeks. This, this diet is over in two weeks. I still got five pounds to lose, and it's over in two weeks. And, I'm, and I ain't going to go back to eating pizza. Yeah, I am going to go back to eating pizza, just not as much. I'm going to get White Castles, too, if nothing more, just to drive in and smell them. <laughs> I don't know what it is. But anyways, he goes on. He says, your labor of love, it should be done in labor and in patience of hope. Your hope, my hope, is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Now, I'm going to talk about something in just a second. But Paul is sitting here talking to the Thessalonians, and he's telling them, you know, Paul is the minister here, and he leaves. And there may be a pastor of this church and a few others, but everybody else in this church, they have to get up every morning, go out in the world and work. And they got to take care of their kids, and they got grandmothers and grandparents and all this other stuff. They're just members coming into church to hear something about the Word of God so that they can get a little bit closer to the Lord than they were before. The whole purpose is that each and every one of us gets a little bit closer to God. And, and guess what? Sometimes th this world is going to mis mistake that for you being, I was called a snob. I guess I am. I don't know. I could be a snob. Uh, no, it says, come out from among them, be separate, saith the Lord. Exactly how do you take that? I know how I take it. Come out from among them, be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. Get away from it. 
Why? It'll drag you down. Now, I am not here to, to look like this great Christian in front of you. No, I'm just trying to get through. I was praying the other day. I said, Lord, thank you for getting me through for 65 years. Man, you still got me going. I'm still here. I'm still here. I got about five years left, maybe five, five or six, maybe four or three, three or four. I don't know. I'm, man, I'm hoping one or two. I'm hoping tonight. Get me out of here now, man, before I mess up. But he's kept me pretty straight for, for 65 years or less, less the last 43. He's taken care of me. He's met my needs. I've had to reject a lot of people, not just reject them. I mean, I had to get away from them. I was on a ship with a thousand men, a bunch of wicked people. I kept my distance. I still went and talked to them and told them about Jesus. I preached at everything that moved, but I kept my distance. Why? Because that's not good for me. It's that, okay, do you want a relationship with Jesus Christ or do you want it with something else? Personally, I want Jesus. You know what I found he did over my time? He brought, he brought people in my life that wanted that exact same thing. And now I've got it. He goes on, he says, labor of love, the patience of hope. You've got to be patient about the thing. In our Lord, in, he said, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father. Knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. You should know that you were elected of God. You weren't elected before the foundation of the world. no. Somewhere you found Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the righteousness of God. We're talking about it on Thursday night. Jesus Christ is the righteousness of God. I've, I went back in time somewhere and I found a man that died on the cross, buried, rose again the third day, trusted in him. I got in. I was elected right there. That's where I got elected. Predestined right there. He was predestined before the foundation of the world to come all the way through and die on the cross and open a door and come back about the grave three days later. And that was his destiny. I was never predestined for that. But when I found him and got him, I got his righteousness. He took my sin. I got in him. Into heaven I went before the foundation of the world. I'm predestined. It's a simple thing. Calvin's got that thing all messed up. He goes on. He says, for our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power. You know what's lacking today in the world is power. People do not have power. They may have knowledge. They have no understanding, but they don't have any power. You need the power of the Holy Ghost to get you through. And power only comes one way. It's not words. you got to watch words. There are some people out there who can really speak. I mean, they, they're, they're orators. you got to watch the words. And they'll run everything in circles. And they'll get your mind. No, no. Wait a second. This is what I'm thinking about today right here. This is it. They asked me, some people asked me, said, do we have security cameras here at church? I said, yes, we have boxes of them. We have, we have everything to put security camera. I can put a security camera on every pew. That's how many I got. I'm an excessive compulsive kind of buyer. And we could watch, and I could put it back there, and David could have his little thing, and he could have 47 screens up watching 47 cameras. They said, okay, are you going to get them out? I'm like, yeah, I'll get them out. When are you going to get them out? I said, I'll get them out Tuesday. They're still not out. You know why? Because I came in Monday and had an air conditioner out. Actually, when I went to camp in the air conditioner, I felt so sorry for y'all. Dying and sweltering heat in the fellowship hall. I just felt so sorry for y'all. As we were up at camp, dying and sweltering heat. So I didn't really care a whole lot about you or I had it done. But, but I, Monday I came in, or, or Saturday I had it 90% done, but I had to get, I wanted him to hook everything up first, and he hooked it all up and got it all done. The guy came in. Tuesday night, I think, the, the, Tuesday, Monday night maybe, Monday, yeah, Monday night to do everything. And he looks up at, at the stuff in the ceiling, and the first thing he said, he goes, how did you get that up there? I said, you don't want to know. <laughs> no, I didn't even ask somebody to come, because if they had come and saw me how to do it, they'd all told me I was crazy how I was doing it, and they would all left anyway, so I was going to do it by myself no matter what. So I got it up there, he goes, how did you get that up there? I said, I told him, and he goes, oh, man. And he goes, oh, we, we ain't got enough time tonight to hook all this up. I said, yeah, we do. He said, no, we don't. I said, it has to be done tonight. Why? I said, because I got a class of people I teach on Thursday night, and they ain't going to come if it's hot in here. I said, they were crying. I mean, they just whined. I get, man, I made y'all look really bad in front of all of them. So I, I really, I was trying to, to the guy, I said, look, it ain't going to take that long. All we got to do is wire the thermostat up. If the compressor comes on out here and the fan comes on, we can hook it up. So we did that. Uh, between the three of us, we figured it out, got it hooked up, and everything came on. Then he said, well, the brazen and the, and the soldering stuff is easy. And we did that, and now we got AC, and I finished up the rest of it. You know why I didn't do the get the stuff out? It's here somewhere. 
is because I was working on an air conditioner. You keep one thing in front of you. Otherwise, you won't get nothing done. Well, this is what I'm doing. I'm getting an air conditioner. Well, the other day, we had two freezers laying, a freezer and refrigerator out back. The wheels were crushed up under it. You know what I did? I built the things to get the freezers in and the refrigerator. Now that you can roll them in and roll them out of the building, and they'll fit through those doors. I, I welded some stuff, did all that stuff, got them in. You say, why would you? That My mind's on the freezers, not on the air conditioner. I get the freezer in, then it goes to the air conditioner. Now tomorrow I'll come in and get the, go dig all the other stuff out. And you say, what is it? That's getting stuff done one day at a time. You know what our problem is? Is we look out in the future and we think, well, if I could just get out there, there may never come. You know what comes is what you're doing right now. You know what I'm doing right now? I get to preach, man. I get to do stuff for Jesus Christ every day. I go over and talk to my mom. She drives me crazy. Uh, right now I'm, I'm, I'm making her think I'm mad at her. Uh, and Beth, Beth is like my go-between here because she keeps telling me this, that she'll call me and yell and scream at me because she's stuck in a nursing home all by herself. I can't help it that she fell out the back of her house and, and broke her hip. I can't help it that she don't want to live with me. I mean, she doesn't want to live with a Baptist is the problem. Uh, she'd probably live with Beth, but not me because Beth is a compromiser. But she, me, she can't handle. And, and, but she'll call my brother. I said, call Danny, man. He'll take care of you. He's in Kentucky. Call your nieces and all them other people. They'll take care of you. Call whoever you want to do to take care of you. I said, I'm, I'm done taking care of you. You're mad at me, aren't you? <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm not mad at you. I have no control over anything you do. Do what you want to do. You know, that's a typical Christian. You have no control over anybody's life. You cannot make them do anything they want to do, but they're going to do what they want to do. And sometimes what you have to do is just back up and say, do it. Go for it, man. I'm here. I like Brother Siler told me one time, he said, he picked up the phone, I was in his office. And he started treating me really decent. First, he didn't like me a whole lot. Then he started seeing I was on his side. Then I, then I was a friend of him. And then I wasn't going to stab him in the back. And I was sitting in his office one day. He goes, wait a minute, my phone's ringing. And, and he picks the phone up and says, hang it. He said, you know who that was? I said, no, I have no idea. How would I know who that is? He goes, that was a guy I talked to 20 years ago on a road. That guy has a memory like an elephant, if an elephant has a memory. And he goes, I told that guy about Jesus Christ. He got saved 20 years ago, and then he went off into the world. He said, I hadn't seen him for 20 years. You know what he's telling me? Volumes. I ain't going to go after nobody who don't want to be gone after. I'm not going to do it. If they don't want Jesus Christ, if they can't see the value of Jesus Christ in this present evil world, if they can't see that, then I don't want, I got other people to talk to. I got other people. He goes, Mike, he said, that guy wants to come to church. He said he'd be here Sunday morning. And he may or may not, I don't know if he ever showed up. I don't know. But he said, you know what? He goes, what you need to do is go somewhere and sit for a while. He says, you know what's wrong with all these preachers out here? They go from here to 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 here. They never stay nowhere long enough because they don't know what the ministry is. They have no power. What keeps you here? Let me ask you that. What makes you serve Jesus Christ? It better be Jesus Christ. He, what holds you up? It better be Jesus Christ. What keeps you when you fall and makes you get back up? It better be Jesus Christ. I tell you what, I'm a wimp, man. You're talking about the biggest wimp you've ever seen in your life. It's Jesus Christ. And if you don't put Jesus Christ dead center of your life, what's going to happen is everything else is going to encroach. There won't be any power. The power comes from him. It won't keep you going without that. And he goes on right here. He says, for our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power. People who just talk words. I like, I like John, uh, how do you pronounce his last name? Transgenstein. Is that close? Rich. John, John, John Transgenstein. Transgenstein. We'd sit over here. Words, words, words. Words, words, words. I said, what does that mean? He goes, you watch people, they just speak. That's all they do is talk. Words, words, words. You know what will mess you up is words. You know why the America's all messed up? It's words. You know what's wrong with this thing? It's words. We send two words in a text. You know what people can do with two words in a text? You, you send 20 or 30 words, that's, that's not a conversation. You ever listen to somebody talk for a while? They say a lot of stuff in four or five minutes. You cannot say nowhere near that in this right here. That's why he gave you two ears so you can listen twice as much as you speak. And if somebody calls, I'd rather call, have, call somebody on the phone. Beth will be every now and say, hey, did you ever get a hold of them? Oh, yeah, here, let me get a hold of them right now and she'll do this. 
I'm like, would you just call them? I said, what's wrong with calling somebody? I better turn this thing off now that I get it in my hand because it'll probably go off in a minute and make me look really bad. I could order my Popeye's chicken here. No, it's... <laughs> I like Popeye's. It goes on. It says, for our gospel came not in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance. You know what gives you the assurance? Is the Holy Ghost. What? Know ye not that you're, you're bought with a price. You're bought. I'm bought. How, you know what keeps you out of trouble is realizing, wait a minute, I was bought one day. I am not my own. Know ye not? Know ye not? I'm bought. I'm bought. And you're not your own. You're not your own. Well, if I'm not my own, whose was I before? Was I my own? No, you weren't your own. You, you are of your father, the devil. So I was, I was in control. I've been controlled by one side or the other. Brother, I'm going to tell you, everything in this world on this side over here is going to get you to think about you. Flesh. And everything on this side over here is going to try to put your flesh down and get you to think about the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where the power comes from. You know where you get that? By your, your walk. It's your walk. Your walk, guess what? You don't walk, uh, run. Running is stupid. I like running. I used to run five miles a day. That's stupid. I, I went out one day, and I saw my mom. I'm say, mom goes, I can't walk no more. I said, yeah, you broke your hip. She goes, I know, but I can't. I used to be able to walk. I said, but you broke your hip. Guess what? You got to learn how to walk. And I said, and you can overdo stuff because you'll get in your head, I could do what I want to do. No, you'll overdo it. You know what I did? I went out, ran a mile and a half. I overdid it. I haven't run a mile and a half in 35 years. And within a week, I was running a mile and a half. I ran a mile and a half. My leg quit working. You say, what is it? I overdid it. And I was 65 pounds too heavy. What happens a lot of times is we get in around, oh, I can serve God. I'm going to go way out there. Have you ever read your Bible all the way through? Consistently, maybe four or five years? I like how Dr. Roman always said, well, just start, with, just start reading your Bible, man. Little books. Say New Testament, man. Read some of the Philemon. How about 3 John? It's like two, two verses, maybe. 30 verses, 20 verses, something like that. Jude. Jude's a good one to read. It takes you about five minutes to read it. You'll feel calm. I did it, man. I did it. Let me go tackle Leviticus. No, that's crazy. It's your walk. Your walk is the key to the whole thing. People talk all day long, man. I don't listen to words. About it. I, don't, I, I look at what they've done. He says, it goes, you shall know them by their fruits. You know, when somebody doesn't have any fruits, they don't have a walk. They have a talk. Talk, 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 talk. That's John said it. You hear a lot of stuff, man, from people that you wouldn't take. I mean, just talk, talk, talk. Words, words, words. What's your life? What's your walk? Your walk has to be there. He says, uh, much assurance, as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sakes. Now, I'm going to talk about the ministry here for just a few minutes, and I'll shut up. I, I could go on this. We could go on this for quite a while. Uh, I'm telling you, brethren, your, your walk is the most important thing. Verse 3, I want to look at that. Real quick, social media, you need to throw it away. Uh, Romans, Romans 12, 13. Go to Romans 12, 13. Real quick. I want to look at a verse here, just in verse 3. And then I'm going to jump over to verse 5. Romans 12, 12, 13. It's a crazy book, man. I like it. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in riotness and drunkenness, not in chambering, chambering, uh, chamber, chambering and wantonness, not in strife and in envy, but put you on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. You know what will happen, man, if you don't watch out? The world will say, well, you need a career. I'm not telling you don't get a career. I think you need to take care of your family. I think you need to. I think men need to go. We don't know how to work no more. Men don't know how to work. Uh, we go out. I, I saw an Andrew the other day. I, I said, what, what's wrong with everybody is they go to Starbucks and get a cup of coffee real quick. You don't know how to make it. Well, you, they used to throw a pot on a fire and throw coffee grounds in it and then chew the coffee grounds and, and as they're drinking the coffee. Now, I'm not saying you got to go that. They made percolators. You put coffee in the top, and you start bubbling the water at the bottom, and it percolates up and drops down through there. I, I'm okay with a bun. I mean, you still got to pull the thing out, put a filter in, and put eight or ten scoops in, stick it back in, and dump water in. But to pull into Starbucks, and that's the only method that you have of getting a cup of coffee, that's laziness. Amen. You're paying three bucks for a cup of coffee, three fifty. Now, I don't mind. I do that every now and then myself. If I'm going through an airport, I'll do that. But you should know how to cook. 
You should know what a frying pan's for other than, well, you could hit somebody with it. That's good. <laughs> I seen one of those frying pans with the things on the bottom the other night. I'm like, what are they, man? Uh, and, and Beth goes, well, that's for the grease to drain off. I'm like, why in the world would you, somebody buy a frying pan? You just fire, dump it, man. On the, that's what a little cup is by the stove. You just dump the grease in it and, and you're done. But you know what you got to do? You got to sit there. Paul, Paul is sitting there in Romans. And, and as he's talking, I don't know why I flipped the page back. Let me get back to that verse. I want to I want to finish that thing up. Romans, Romans 12, 13. He goes on, and as he's sitting there talking, he goes, uh, was that there? Yeah, it was there. Rejoice in hope. I don't know where I was at over in the other one. Rejoice in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of the saints, giving to hospitality. You know what, you know what your job is, is being a minister? Paul's getting ready to talk about ministers here. And if you want to be a minister, Paul is the example of a minister. And we have the wrong idea of what a minister is. A minister ministers to somebody, to other people. I've had people walk in our house and they said, you're, you're a very, your wife and you are very hospitable. Well, you don't hear us after you leave. But we, we allowed people to come in in our house over the years. I mean, we've had families two or three at a time in our house, living. The reason I got a house over here I built like I built is to put people up so we could come. I had four kids and then five, and we needed a place to put them. But then we had missionaries coming in, and, and the Lord kind of worked that thing all out through a missionary. I built the place, and then we started using it. People would call me up and say, hey, can you keep somebody? I'd say, yeah, man, send them on over. I never questioned, if somebody called me that I knew and I could trust and they said, send somebody, I said, send them. Beth goes, are you nuts? I said, no, man, because I knew she was going to take care of them anyways. I didn't have to worry about it. I'd be gone. I'd go to work the next day. She'd be stuck with everything. But you know what? If you're going to minister, God's looking down and saying, are you going to minister? Jesus Christ did. Your example is Jesus Christ. My example is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he ministered to me 2,000 years ago, and I wasn't even born yet. And I'm sitting there going, Lord, if I'm going to be like you, then there's some things i got to change in my life. There's some things you Back to Thessalonians. Verse 5, for our gospel came not. you got to get to the place where your gospel, the gospel came not in word. It's not just words, but in power. It's from a walk. It's not talking. He sits there... Not in word only, but in power. It's not talking. I'm sick of people talking. You need to start walking. Brethren, I'm going to be gone. I'm 65 years old. I am not. If the Lord comes back and says, Mike, are you ready to go? I'm not going to think about it, one of y'all. I'm leaving. And he may come back and take me when I don't want to go. But I'm still leaving. My question is, are you going to make it? Or are you going to get sucked into what this world has? This world will suck you in so quick, and it'll make you think that what you're doing is good. Good is, I mean, one of my, as you read your Bible over the years, it gets better and better. He says, as it was in the days of Noah. That's an important passage, man. To me it is now. It might not be to you, but to me it's a great passage. I sit there and look at that thing. I'm like, man. I said, here's a guy, 120 years, built an ark. You told him one time to build an ark. One time to build an ark, and he did it. So, and you were pleased with it. He found grace in your eyes. You were pleased with him for doing that. I said, so I want to please you. I need to listen to what you say one time and just do it. And not argue about it. And not complain about it. And not say, well, show me out of the scriptures how. Prove to me. Prove this. I'll, I'll fool you on that. If I have to prove to you. You know, you cannot prove the Bible's word of God. It can't be done. I don't care how much Greek, I don't care how much Hebrew you got, I don't care how much you know, it can't be done. It all gets back to faith. God's going to show you the Holy Spirit, well, that's where the power comes in. The Holy Spirit's going to start revealing to you something, and pretty soon you're going to put your trust in Him. He's going to say this. Human nature will not believe that. I know people who use this book all day long. Well, I use the key, James. We had a problem last week. I told you all Wednesday night about the Masonic Lodge. Do you know the Masonic Lodge uses the King James? That's the Bible they use, the preferred, well, it was at one time, isn't it? Yeah, it's a preferred Bible that they use. All their Masonic garbage is in that Bible. The text is a King James, wrapped around a King James text. They're screwed up. 
That's, a, that's the most satanic order. That's one of the most satanic. Right in front of you, that's satanic. And they're going around doing good things. The Shriners do good. They ride around in the bathtubs, man. I mean, that looks, that's something I really wanted to elevate to is ride around in the bathtub. With my little, little, little uh, uh, fez on. Yeah, it's a fez. That's what I know it's a fez. But the gospel is not in word, but in power. Go to Philippians 3, real quick. Philippians 3. Paul, Paul starts talking. And I'm going to show you what a walk is. You ain't going to like it, but I'll show it to you anyways. I wouldn't like it if I was reading it. After you go through some things after a while, you just really don't care no more. For we, Paul, for, uh, Philippians 3, 3. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ and have no confidence in the flesh. You got to let this thing go. It's got to go. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that... that now, Paul wrote 14 New Testament books. I, I still account Hebrews to Paul. I don't have a problem with that. It has a Pauline flavor to it, so I, I count it. Uh, there is nobody in your Bible that's written more books than Paul has. If you want an example of what a minister is, Paul is your example. He says, be ye followers of me. Now, I'm going to show you what I mean. You want to be a minister? Does that really, the, every one of us in here should want that at the basis level. You know what a mom does? She ministers to her kids. You know what a husband does? He ministers to his family. You don't have to be a preacher to minister. What you got to do is be a Christian and know that what, this is what God, God never did anything to me until I was 49 years old. I remember sitting out at Bible college down there. I got behind Bible college on a rainy night. It was raining. I come up off the second floor preaching and knew I was, I was a moron and I did a messed up job. I got behind it in the dark on my knees and said, what do you want? I still didn't know what he wanted, but I knew he wouldn't leave me alone. I said, what do you want? I'll do whatever you want. And he still didn't tell me. <laughs> Next thing I know, I get, get the Navy. They fire me out of the Navy, and they, they put me in family services, and I get out of the Navy, and I come up here, and, and everything falls apart, and, and Beth starts the fifth baby she has is about ready to kill her and the baby both, and I'm sitting there going, what is this? Lord says, time to grow up. You say, shouldn't that stuff all go? No, man, it gets worse. I love it. It's just great. You know, because you know he's there. The hand of God's in it. He says, though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he is, uh, that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I am more. Paul's telling you about himself. Circumcised the eighth day. I mean, he, his mom and dad took care of him. Of the stock of Israel, but the tribe of Benjamin. And Hebrew of Hebrews. Man, I'm telling you what, he's, at, he's out there. He's, he's top. He's top notch. Paul's telling you, you ain't going to beat me. He goes on, he says, as touching the law of Pharisee. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church. He said, I went after him, man. He said, I killed him. He's talking to Christians now. Touching the righteousness which is of the law, blameless. Now, brother, there's very few people that ever say that. Paul said, everything that the law said, I did. I was blameless. You couldn't find anything. You couldn't find any hole anywhere in my armor. He goes on, but what things, verse 7, but what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ? Yet doubtless, and, and I counted all things but laws for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus my Lord, of whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. Now, I'm going to tell you, you start seeing people with all these diamond rings on and brand new cars and all that other stuff, and they're preachers? I got a problem with that. They don't match this. And if I'm supposed to match, you say, well, Mike, you got a big house. I built that house. Now, all you have to do is come and say, hey, how'd you get that house? One, two, before at a time. I built that house. Everything in that house is clearance. Everything in that house, I went from store, from I'd go to work in the morning, lunchtime, and on the way home, and I'd go to the clearance sections of every place in this town, Lowe's, Home Depot's, back then was Contractor's Warehouse, uh, Furrow's, and I would buy their clearance stuff, and I'd take it home, and my house is that. I didn't have the money to go out and spend three, dollars $400,000 for a house. I built the thing in my backyard. My wife thought I was crazy. You know what that was? That was a precursor for this. Lord said, hey, if you ain't going to do this, you'll never do this. You won't have the confidence. It's not words. It's action. You know, I had a bunch of people tell me, you ain't going to ever do that. Yeah, you're stupid. Boy, when I got done, they all shut their mouths. 
That was so funny, man. I, I had bankers all across this town who wouldn't give me 10 cents. After I got that house done, they would all give me loans on it. Oh, well, you want to refinance that house? We'll give you money all day long. Uh, I'll tell you what, man, they're crazy. Number one, he says right there, back to, back to Philippians. Philippians, I'll stay there. He goes, though, 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 310, you got to know him. You have to know him. If you don't know him, you can hang up the power. You can hear people say words. Their actions speak louder than words. You ever heard that phrase? Someone who knows Jesus Christ, I don't care if they know him on the basis level, they just get saved or whatever, they come up. Uh, Brother Dustin, you, know, you mind if I say something? He come in my office and I said, can we talk? I said, sure, man. He goes, uh, well, I went to camp. I thought he was going to say, I'm going to leave the church. That's what you always, every preacher always thinks that when somebody comes and wants to talk to him in the office. I'm going to leave the church. I'm like, okay. I said, what is it? He goes, well, he goes, I'm going to go to Bible college. I think he's doing the right thing. I told him, I think, I think you're doing the right thing. I said, what's the first thing? I said, you said there's two things. You're telling me the second thing first. What's the first thing? He goes, well, he goes, I think I'm called to preach. You know what I seen right there? Me and him started talking. I said, I said, I took him over to 2 Corinthians. Uh, I think it's 2 Corinthians 8, 2. It says, if, if you're first willing, if, you're, if a person's first willing is accepted, not that he hath or hath not, but what he hath. It's your willingness. If you're willing to do something, God's going to look down and say, okay, okay. I've had God, I've had the Lord, Holy Spirit say, hey, Mike, I want you. Would you do this? Yes. Okay, we're not going to do that. Let's go do this. He just wanted to know if you're willing to do it. I am to this day still willing to be a missionary. I don't know if Beth is willing or not, but uh, I told her, I said, we need to take a cruise so you can go out and see the ocean like I've seen it. She goes, I don't want to do that. She goes, I, I want my feet on ground. Or behind a steering wheel. She didn't even, I said, no, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take her, man. I'm going to take her on a cruise. I want her to get so far out that I, she can't see any land anywhere, and she just got to depend on me. I mean, that's just that's a manly thing to me. But you got to know him. you got to be sold out. If you don't know him and the power of his resurrection, the next thing is the power of his resurrection, you'll never get it. I mean, how in the world are you ever going to get this thing uh, if, if you don't go back? Uh... Hang on. Philippians, Philippians chapter 3. Let me get back there. How are you going to get there? It's got to be power. you got to have the power. Brothers, a person who has a walk with Jesus Christ has that power in him, and he knows it, or she knows it. You say, how do you? Well, you pray, and you get an answer. You get an answer back. It always isn't, yes, I'm going to give you everything you ever asked for. They said the lottery is uh, $1.6 so really, or $5 billion. Somewhere it is. That's a lot of money. But if you win, remember, tithe on that. you got to tithe on that. <laughs> But I'm, I'm telling you what, man, if, if, if I see people go out and spend money on tickets for a lottery and they never win, there's no power in that thing, man. There's no, no, you got to know him. You got to know him. That's why I said it's relationship. It's relationship. Paul said that I might have, uh, he has confidence. He goes and he counts everything but dung. And he finds, let me go on and the rest of that verse. It says, oh, man, I lost my verse. Oh, yeah, verse 10. That I may know him. You got to know him, number one. You're not going to know him unless you let the things go that this world has. You're not going to get to know him. Brother, I found out a long time ago that to know him, there's some things that has to go. So the question is, is do I want to really know him? Well, if you, don't, if you haven't figured this thing out yet, and I, I figured it out a long time ago, I'm 65. My mom's 90. I, I'll never make 90. I don't want to make 90. If I got to get in that condition and be 90, I don't want to be 90. Uh, not, that, not that I'm, I, I want to go out of here still being able to walk and talk and do everything I'm doing. And, but the Lord may have a different plan on me. But for me to know him, I know it costs a lot in my life. And I know anybody else that I know who's known him, it costs them. And you got to let this world, this world say, oh, you make a million dollars. That's a farce. Very few people make a million bucks, and they, they have to give a whole lot. They make it look really easy. Anything that looks easy is not easy. It's hard. He says that I may know him, verse 10, and the power of his resurrection. you got to be saved. you got to know that you're saved. you got to know that Christ died for your sins according to Scriptures, buried and rose again the third day according to Scriptures, that he's indwelling you. you got to know that. you got to know him and the power. You want the power of God in your life? You're going to have to know some things. You're going to know his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. 
Brother, we, we have missed this thing out, man. I mean, we have missed it. We have missed it. We have missed it. Because we sit there and think that coming to church makes me a Christian. It doesn't. Coming to church may make you a member of a church. Coming to church may put extra miles on your car. I come to church at $5 a gallon. What is that? Paul, Paul, Paul sits there and says, you got to remember. He says, let me go on. you got to know him. you got to know what he would do. you got to know what he wouldn't do. It, all you got to do is say, what would Jesus do? If he wouldn't do it, why are you? Why am I? If he will not do it, why would you? You know what that does sometimes? It hurts. Because you got to let go of something. you got to let go. Yeah. But I want... The question is, do you want him or do you want something else? It's temporal. This world is temporal. There are some people that live. Miss Betty's going to be 100 years this year. 100 years. What's that? 101. Wow. Most of us will not make that. It's temporal. Anything you have is temporal. Anything you get down here is temporal. Eternity is not temporal. Know what he would do. Know what he wouldn't do. He will never ask you to do anything he wouldn't. Brother, you've got to get that thing down. You've got to know his resurrections. Romans 10, 9, and 10. Romans, uh, or 1 Corinthians. And then the fellowship of his suffering. This is where the devil wants to get all of us. Because I tell you what, the flesh, I mean, we want a pill. Take me to the doctor, give me a pill. Take me to the doctor. What did they do 2,000 years ago, man, where they didn't have pills like that? I mean, they, they, they took herbs and everything else, but I mean, they just, you know, they got up and went to work and did whatever. Fellowship of his sufferings. If you don't get to the place where you get to where he says there in Philippians, he goes, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. When Paul starts going here, go over to Colossians. I'm I'm just going to jump to Colossians and and, uh, I think it's Colossians. Colossians, Colossians, Colossians. I have the note here, Colossians. Colossians 23. Do, do, do. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm going to... Let me make sure I'm in the right place before I start here. Uh, 23. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men, knowing that the Lord uh, of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance for, the, for ye serve the Lord Jesus Christ. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he had done, and there is no respect to person. You know, uh, uh, to, to understand suffering, I'm going to go back to Philippians here real quick. To understand suffering... Sometimes you have to go through some things and you go through it wrongly. People accuse you of things. People say things. People throw things at you. People do all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, People take you to courts. They do all kinds of stuff wrongly. You suffer wrong. And if you can't suffer wrong, then you're going to have a problem in life as being a minister. Paul was a minister. He goes over and he goes, he's talking about those people. And he says, in labors, he goes, in stripes, in prisons, in deaths off, in beatings, in, in, uh, he was stoned. There's a whole list of stuff Paul goes through in his te- resume where he starts talking about all the stuff that's happened to him in life. You know what a minister does? A minister takes grief. They suffer. Go back to Philippians. I'll, I'll stop here because it's already 810. I don't want to go too long into this. But Philippians starts, to, uh, Paul starts talking. He says, oh, not Philippians, but Thessalonians. Chapter 5, he says, he says, assurance uh, for our sakes, and we became, and ye became followers of us and of the Lord. Paul is, is showing us, if you read the gospel, Paul, all Paul's gospels, and you start getting, not gospels, but his writings, uh, what you're going to do, his epistles, if you start getting in there and start reading it, he's going to start showing you that being a minister is learning how to minister to people. If you can't minister to people, then, then you're missing it. If you think that I need to be in the limelight, the limelight is not where it's at. Ministering is, first of all, God may raise you up to be a great preacher. He may raise you up to be a great evangelist. He may raise them up to be great missionaries. Again, he may not. You know what he wants? 
He wants families. He wants Christian families one at a time. He wants churches that are able to do what, but bad things are going to happen to us. I come in and the whole back end's flooded with water. We get oh, we can't have church because we've got water coming. You know, and a bunch of ladies and guys were back there pushing the water out the door as fast as it came in. You know what we're doing? We're still having church tonight. You say, well, there's other churches. Yeah, there may be other churches. I don't care about other churches. You know what I care about is what's going on tonight. The Lord says tonight, what's in front of you right now, Paul? What's in front of you? Paul's trying to say, guys, the ministry is, is living one day at a time. Our, our society says you need a 401k. Why? For I still haven't figured that one out yet. Why do I want to wait till I'm 70 when I can't do nothing to retire? Hmm. I think I would like to try to figure out how to do that earlier. And when the Navy, the Lord showed me how to do that. He said, get out of the Navy. I said, okay, I'll get out. And you go out and work all day. I didn't have a problem. I never had a problem working. I like working. I think working's good. Then you go out and work and you make some money and the Navy gives you some money. And one day the Navy money runs out and you go, what am I going to do now? He said, call Social Security. I call Social Security. Church gives me a little bit of money. Jerry was asking me yesterday, the other day, I was, I was belly aching to him. And he goes, do you want to raise? I said, no, I don't want to raise. I said, if I get a raise, then you're all going to control me. I don't want to raise. I said, I said I'm just belly aching. And then the Social Security gives me, and I'm, I'm, I'm doing perfectly fine. And I'm, I'm not retired, although I feel like I'm retired. I'm not retired, but I can still do pretty much whatever I want to do. And you say, what is that? Well, you start way back here somewhere, and the Lord works that thing all out in your life. You know what he'll do? He'll give you joy. You have to have some joy in your life. That's relationship. You know why you don't have no joy? There's relationship. Whose relationship have you got? The world love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Any man love the world, the love of God is not in him. The love of the Father is not in him. It can't be. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Those three things are of the devil, and what the devil wants to do is attack this guy right here and get you over there. Paul's saying, you want to be in the ministry over here? You get beat up, banged up, smashed all over the place. You're going to be, your ship's going to sink. The whole thing's going to fall apart. But boy, you're going to see people get saved. You're going to see families do right. You're going to see little kids. You're going to get the opportunity to help a bunch of little kids. You're going to get an opportunity to help some people get right. You're going to have a, somebody going to come in and say, hey, what, what about taking this or doing this or doing that? Yeah, you're going to get an opportunity. And one of these days you're going to go off the scene and they might actually do something for Jesus Christ. And you're going to look back and say, I had a part of that. Because in eternity, that's all that's going to matter. Brethren, there's nothing else that's going to matter. Mike, I love Mike. Mike Mike's a good brother, man. Him and George both. Uh, Jerry's, Jerry's a good brother too. But Mike, in, in this case, almost every time I ever get involved in something, Mike's behind what I do. He is a contractor or was a contractor. He knows exactly what's going to happen. He knows how stupid I am, how ignorant I am. But we tore out the kitchen. I got a picture on my phone if you want to look at it where we tore that kitchen out. I mean, it was ugly. Uh, if I looked at that picture now, I'd never do it again. Rich was back here. Rich was helping us. I, I looked at that, and I'm like, what did I do? <laughs> and, I mean, it, it got all back together, and it looks really good now. But I looked at that picture when I showed that guy the other day, and I said, when I said I was going to do this, Mike said, okay, let's do it, man. I don't know if he did it quite that way, but uh, in the end, it got done. And you know what it is? You start getting around people that you say, well, this, this. No, man, the Lord will put people in your lives to take care of other problems, and you just trust him, and you don't have to see anything. And what he does is he looks for proof, and I look for proof from God, and he just starts showing it. Paul sits there and says, hey, it's in, power is in deeds in, in your walk. You know, your walk is the key to your whole life. And a walk, I was going to say a little while ago, is one step at a time. It's not, it's not running. It's, it's one step, one step, one step, one step, one step, one step. And you stop. Sometimes you pause and say, okay, what, what is here in that step? A lot of things occur in a step. And you can't worry about what's going on everywhere else. you got to go into one step. i got one step. Mom's sitting there telling me, and I'm, I'm done right here, but we'll take some prayer requests. But mom's sitting there and goes, uh, you know, I'm saying, all i got left in life is to lay in a bed or get in a chair or just walk down with a walker. If you, if you were saved, you could take some gospel tracts with you and pass them out. You know, maybe focusing down to a couple of little things is all you need to do. That's what Paul did. Paul realized all I did was go out and tell somebody about Jesus Christ. Do you really want to minister? Then you're going to, if you want to fellowship in his sufferings, you're going to have to figure out how Jesus Christ, I'm not saying go out and try, I need to go out and find out how to suffer. I'll get hit by a truck. That'll really suffer. Maybe I'll get squished between two trucks. That'll be more suffering. That's not suffering. 
Go ahead and try to just serve Jesus Christ, and what you'll find out is people will walk away from you, and they do not want anything to say about you, and they don't care about your Jesus Christ. Why? Because in about two minutes, you'll say they're this way. They're, they want this world. This world has nothing to me. Father, thank you for your blessings tonight. Lord, Paul was showing us what a minister was. Uh, character, it's Christian character. And sometimes this character, Lord, of ours uh, needs to be uh, tweaked and worked on. Uh, Lord, uh, our whole world has lost what character is anymore. Uh, 40, 50 years ago, men and women, Lord, were, were, they were raised uh, and they had character. Lord, uh, even people that lived on the streets and were drunks and everything else had more character than, than uh, young men and women today that are raised in Christian families, Lord. They just, it was in our nation. And, Lord, we've lost all that stuff. And, and Lord, when it comes to Christian character, uh, Paul is the perfect example of that. And, Lord, what he went through in his life is not uh, something that we all have to go through, Lord, but it's a, an example, it's a blueprint uh, for what's going on in our lives, Lord. If we want you, then the first thing we, did, we have to get is a relationship with you, and that has to be there. That has to be our main focus. Uh, this world wants us to do everything else, Lord. I know we have to work and live and eat and all the other stuff, and, and Lord, we have to maintain our cars and our houses and all that other stuff. I got that. But, Lord, we need to have that relationship with you on a daily basis, prayer and Bible reading and and fellowship, Lord, and just us, you and us. And, uh, Lord, uh, thank you for Brother Jonathan talking to him tonight, Lord, and he was uh, saying some of that stuff. And, Lord, it's just a blessing to hear it uh, come out of him. And, Father, uh, he, he is a young man that's, uh, Lord, looking for a place to go in this world. I think he's found it. And, uh, Lord, I just want you to bless him, uh, him and Sarah both, Lord, and little Wally, Lord. I just thank you for them. And all there is, we've got some people out sick right now, Lord. I just pray that you'd put your hand upon them and uh, work with them. And, Father, again, thank you for just letting us have a little church. And Father, we'll praise you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen.